0: Forget about what happened to you in the past. What do you want to do going forward? When you have that clear vision, then the next step is your mind starts going backwards and saying, okay, what do I have to do to get there? But if that vision is tainted by your prejudices and your past experiences, then you're not playing big enough, number one. And number two, it's going to call for a different set of actions that really will not result in what your passion is all about.
1: Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I am your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an amazing guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is an old friend of mine, and he is one of the top thought leaders on the planet when it comes to helping leaders be more effective. He is the author of the brand new best selling book, The Velocity Mindset. I'm speaking, of course, of none other than the one. The only, the legendary Ron Carr. Welcome to the show, Ron. Thank you, Nikki. What an intro. <laughs> hey, well, brother, we aim to please. That's one of the things we're known for on this show, man. It's good to be talking to you again after so many years. Same here, my friend. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, Ron, you've got a new book out there, and uh, I am super excited to get into the meat of this book. Talk to us about this book. Why, why now? Why this book?
0: Well, as you know, I started in sales coaching and training, and I evolved into leadership. But when you think about it, um, salespeople are leaders themselves. You know, When you're selling something, you're leading people through a process to find the solution that's best for them. And then it evolved in working with CEOs and uh, C-suite, and they happen to have the same challenges that salespeople have. And the challenges are simple. How do they get people to buy into their vision? How do they get people to support them? How do they increase their level of influence so that at the end of the day they're getting what they need so they can produce the results for the organization that they're leading? So that was that was how we we came into it. The Velocity Mindset, which is the title of the book, is something that became very personal for me. I've been doing this for like thirty years, and after I was done, Nikki, you know, I was president of the National Speakers Association. And when my presidency ended in June of two thousand fourteen, for the next couple of years, I had a series of nine back surgeries, including four of them on that was so, you know, substantial. Half my back was fused, that basically I was down and out. You know, recuperating, and while I was recuperating, I started asking myself, you know, what's my significance in this world, and uh, and what am I passionate about right now, and what I was passionate about was that. You know, when I looked at all my successes and I've had great successes, I've still missed a few things in life because of what I call self-imposed limitations that prevented me from going after things. Things like uh, the, the stories that we tell ourselves, stories as to whether or not we think we're a fraud, whether or not we think we can do it, what did that person mean? And we all have those stories, but the reality is that just a story. So if you have a story, you can always rewrite the story. So I became really passionate about it because I realized, you know, how much I may have missed, how many good moments of others I may have missed because of those stories. And I started to dedicate the rest of my life to helping people get what they want to get in life through Velocity. And uh, that's basically how it came about.
1: You know, Ron, uh, I I love the concept. I got to tell you, I'm doing a program with a man named Tim Grover. Tim Grover was uh, Michael Jordan's physical trainer, one-on-one physical trainer and mindset coach. And they Mm -hmm. later on worked with the great Kobe Bryant and the great Dwayne Wade. And he right now goes around teaching the mindset secrets of those top performers to business people around the world. And one of the things that became really, really clear to me is there's there's a certain mindset that allows for velocity to take place. And there's another mindset that actually pushes velocity away from you. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. And how does someone create velocity for themselves inside of their
0: business? So that's a great question, Nikki. So the first thing we have to ask ourselves is, how do we define velocity? So, Nicky, if you don't mind, you know, when you hear the word velocity, what's the word that comes to your mind? With speed and with dispatch. Great. Now, speed is obviously a big part of it, but it's not the only part. The physics definition of velocity is speed with direction. Mm-hmm. I like and it. that's the key. Because if we don't have direction, any road will get you there And how many times do we wind up at the end of the day working so hard doing our to-do lists, but then we question ourselves, well, what did I really get out of this and what did it really do for me? And we wind up doing a lot of senseless tasks that really don't generate anything important to us. So the direction is the first key part of velocity. What's your vision? What are you trying to accomplish? What is the end result? Whether it's for your life, whether it's for a call that you're making to a customer, whether it's um, a conversation with the employee. When it's over, what's the outcome that you want to accomplish? And if you don't have that really clear in your mind, then you're going to get lost on tasks that are going to take you away from that purpose. And then you'll lose velocity.
1: Man, that's Fabulous. That's There's so much to unpack over there. Okay. So let's get into the direction aspect of velocity. So I'm listening to this podcast. You know what? I'm a business person. I, I, I'm a thought leader, an aspiring thought leader. And one of the things that I want to do is I want to create sus- sustainability and I want to create some certainty in this new world that we're operating in, right? And so for me, understanding how to create and pick the right direction is very important. So how do we go about doing that?
0: Well, we do what I call the clean piece of paper. So what you want to do, and of course, you know, the level of amount of thought you put into this will be dictated by how big the action or or the project you're looking at. But basically the clean piece of paper says, if you can write down what you want to accomplish and forget about what you think can or not happen, based on your past experiences, if you can free think and just write down what success will look like, what does it look like? That's what you wanna write down. The problem here, Nikki, is that a lot of people will not do it that way because they have experiences in the past that tell them, well, I tried it, it didn't happen. Um, This probably is not the environment for it and so forth. And then they cloud what they put down on that piece of paper. And because they're using their past experiences to dictate what they put on that piece of paper, all they're going to successfully do is recreate the results they had in the past. But if you really want to break through, you have to put those experiences and biases aside. You want to use them to learn from maybe some of the failures you've had so that you can go forward. But at the end of the day, it's about creating your destiny. Forget about what you think is real or not real, because most of the time it's not. Forget about what happened to you in the past. What do you want to do going forward? When you have that clear vision, then the next step is your mind starts going backwards and saying, okay, what do I have to do to get there? But if that vision is tainted by your prejudices and your past experiences, then you're not playing big enough, number one. And number two, it's going to call for a different set of actions that really will not result in what your passion is all about. Yeah, man, I love that.
1: I love that. So talk, talk us through some of the tools that maybe you offer up inside the book, because I think that this could be really valuable and could get people listening to this to want to go buy this book
0: in bigger numbers. Right. Well, number one is a clean piece of paper. But the other thing is we talk a great deal about neuroscience and the findings of neuroscience. And Nikki, since this is a, a podcast, maybe we can do a little role play so that love people it. can actually see what and hear what's happening. Are you up for it? I'm up for it. Let's go, baby. All right. So now let me just give you a a baseline. So we know in our brains that there's a hormone called cortisol, the fight or flight hormone. Yep. You never get rid of cortisol. The question is how do you manage it so that you can move forward, number one? And number two, as a leader, how do you assess the cortisol of someone you're trying to influence so that you can manage their cortisol and you can have a better conversation? You with me on that? Totally. All right, so let's pretend that I'm calling you. You, you. Let's just say that you're a vice president of sales and um, you have a national sales meeting coming up after the pandemic <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and you're looking for a speaker, and I found out about that. So let's just play role play. I call you up on the phone and you're kind enough to answer, and here we go, okay? All right. All right. Nikki. how are you? My name is Ron Carr. I'm the author of The Velocity Mindset. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Ron. How you doing? Good. So now um, I know that you know you probably didn't expect my call, but what I wanted to know about is you know have you picked your speakers yet for the meeting that you're putting together? Uh, I picked a couple, but we still have a couple of slots we need to fill. Okay. Well, I'd love to talk to you about the Velocity mindset and how it can really help you with the meeting and create a, a great event for your people. Sure. Fire away. All right. Now we're going to stop the role play. Okay. Imagine, Nikki, that there's a continuum from one to 10, all right? On the low end of cortisol, one and two, you're somewhat engaged, not really engaged, but you're not turned off. So you might be thinking about some other things while we're talking, right? Four and five is where you really want to get somebody in their cortisol measurement, because that's when they're really engaged, they're listening to nothing else, they're wrapped listening to you, and they want to move forward. When they start getting to a six, they start saying, uh, eh, something's not right about this. And they start, they stop listening a little bit. Six and seven, they start losing your attention. And nine and 10, they already checked out whether they ended the meeting or they checked out from listening to you, okay? Yep. Now, when I call you, or anybody calls anybody, we are automatically an in interruption. Would you agree with me on that? 100%. Because I'm interrupting your day. So let's go back to where you were. You know, eight, nine, uh, nine and ten. You don't have time for me. Six and seven. You're kind of agitate. I'm interrupting you. Four and five. You're really there. One and two. You're paying attention, but you're not really engaged. When I called you at that moment and you answered the phone, as and I was interrupting your day. Where was your cortisol level? I, I'm at a I'm at a level where I've been interrupted and I'm I'm I want to get back to what I'm doing. So where would that be? Like okay. A- yeah. So call that six seven. Okay. All right. Now, I asked you about the sales meeting, and if you picked speakers, and you said you picked a couple, but you still have a couple or more. Where's your cortisol level at that moment?
1: Um, it's still relatively
0: high, right? Like, I've, I've got to get this complete. Okay. And then I started selling you on me without any connection or anything else. started about the velocity mindset. Did your agitation go up a little higher like you got no time for this did it go down were you engaged where were you no i i went down because i thought okay this guy's got a new book he's you know maybe he'd be make a good speaker so let me pay attention okay now we're gonna do it again okay okay and i want to see if you feel any different okay yeah nikki hi thank you for taking my call i know you're pretty busy. Uh, the reason I'm calling you is uh, Joe, blah, 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 mentioned that you're putting together a sales meeting and that your slate of speakers is not yet filled. And I wanted to know maybe if I can assist you with that situation.
1: Oh, Joe told told you to call me. Yeah, Joe's a good guy. Yeah. Sure. Sure, let's talk. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to
0: talk now, but let's let's book an appointment. All right, so we booked the appointment, and then we're still on the phone call, so I still started the same way I just did, okay? Yeah. And then I go, well, when you're, what are the, I know you're setting up this meeting. What are the three things you want your people walking away from the meeting with? Um, I want them to be fired up.
1: Uh, I want them to have had a good experience uh, about okay, working here. stop now. Yeah.
0: At this moment, where's your cortisol? Yeah, it's down. It's about a four or 5 year very engaged, right? Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't be giving me that information if you weren't engaged, right? Yeah. Now, I can't see you because we're doing this as a, a podcast, but I heard it. So let me take you back. When I asked you what were the three things you want your people walking away with, you hesitated for a, a second. You breathed like you're going into a thought process. Am I Is that a fair statement? Yeah, yeah. At that moment, there was a, brand, a change in your brain. Okay, because you were no longer thinking that I was trying to sell you. You started thinking about what was important to you, right? Yeah. So what were the emotions that you felt? Did you feel like I could be an asset for you at that time? Yeah. Did you feel I was an interruption? What did you feel? No, I felt like, hey, this guy could help me. Right. And then you started giving me the information, right? Would you have given me any of that information if you didn't start to trust me? No. No. So the second hormone is what we call oxytocin, the love and trust hormone. And then the third hormone is dopamine, which is the feel good. Because you started giving me this information and because you knew you had some speaker slots open, did you start feeling a little bit better about the call? Like, hey, maybe this is going to be good for me? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's what leaders have to look at. The first thing that they have to do is before they get into any conversation, whether it's with an employee, a customer, a vendor, significant other, the first thing they have to understand is when they call somebody up, they're going to be an interruption. So you got to start assessing where the person's cortisol is. And then you got to get into a conversation that's going to get their cortisol to an engagement level. And where most people go wrong, they talk about what's important to them, not what's important to the other person. Like where they're trying yeah, to go. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I can give you a story that's in the book as an example. I was uh, with one of my retainer clients in the CEO's office. And one of the uh, supervisors from the production line came in all pissed off. And um, I said, what's wrong? And he goes, this guy's on the cell phone. He won't get off. I said, so what'd you do? Well, he's late. I said, okay, so what'd you do? Well, I went up to him. I said, Start, get, you know, get off the phone. You're late. And what did he say? He said, well, everybody else uses a cell phone. And I said, what happened? He goes, it went downhill from there. So I replayed that with him. He played the guy, and I played him. And I gave him the same conversation he gave to the guy. And I said, well, how do you feel? He goes, I would have kicked uh, kicked myself out also. I said, all right, let's do it differently. You that you played with all well, that guy still. Hey, um, I know that you wanted to become a master welder. Is that correct still? He goes, yeah. And you know, you need two things. You need quality and time. Your quality is phenomenal. The only thing is we're 20 minutes a little behind on this one job. What do you think we can do, you can do to get back on, on time so that you can stay on the track to becoming a master welder? He went out and did that. And the guy started thinking of ideas of what he could do to get that job back on time. And the concept of the cell phone, Nikki, was never never talked about. They came up with what he could be doing differently, and he did it, and he got back on time. So many times as leaders, we're having the wrong conversations. And many times it's more self-focused. You know, I need this job on time. Stop being on the cell phone, and it doesn't go anywhere. But when you can be customer-focused or employee-focused and find out what motivates them, where they're trying to go, and and have a conversation along those lines. Now you're gonna manage that person's cortisol, they're not being yelled at, and not being criticized. And now they're gonna be a participant in, in coming up with ideas of what they can do to solve the issue. And that's where you want to take the conversation. That, that's what a leader does to get results. You know what? That's pretty brilliant
1: stuff, man. Thank you. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. So
0: who should be reading this book? Like, who's this really going to help? That's a great question. So, you know, typically when people hear the word leaders, they think of anybody with a manager's title or whatever. My premise is what would the world be like if everybody acted as a leader and not as a victim? So I guarantee you anybody who reads the book will get a lot out of it. But if you forced me to pinpoint certain careers, it would be salespeople, obviously, managers, CEOs, even head coaches who have to go and recruit top talent to their uh, teams. Anybody who has to be influential, who has to uh, create new paths in lives and, and understands the fact that they're not going to be successful simply by their own efforts, that the chances of them being successful is, is increased greatly when they rely on the efforts of others. That when you rely on the efforts of others, that's when you can achieve more and faster. But in order to do that, you have to understand the mindset that's involved, and you have to understand how to have the right conversations and not let your own stories get in the way as to what you think that person's going to say or why you think they won't do what you're asking them to do. You know, the two most important skills in any business
1: are sales and leadership. People Mm -hmm. who exercise good leadership skills and people who are able to sell have the highest paying jobs. And they have the jobs that are most relevant and most important as far as the company's ongoing sustainable survival and, and ability to thrive is concerned. So it makes sense to me that you would say people who are Leaders, even those who don't maybe see themselves as leaders because they don't have a, a title that would indicate they're leaders, are really leaders because if they're they're influencing people, that's leadership. And obviously, salespeople, it's important for them to understand this because they're engaged in discussions with people every day, all day long. And in order for them to be effective at what they do, this would make a lot of sense.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I, I like it, I like it, I like it, I like it. Okay, so Ron, I I, I love that you've done this book. I think it's tremendous. uh, uh, Listener, Ron Carr's the real deal. He's a past president of the National Speakers Association. This man has been in the business of creating original content, original thoughts, and serving people. You need to get yourself a copy of this book. I'm definitely looking forward to getting my signed copy from Ron and making (laughs) sure that... uh, Uh, I I read it from cover to cover. And uh, once I've done that, I'm going to buy a whole bunch of copies for my clients and make sure that they read it as well. This is really brilliant stuff, Ron. Thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for writing the book. And why, why, in your opinion, does this matter more than ever in
0: these post-pandemic times? Well, when you think about it, no one wants sales calls today. We're all going through some issues that we had with the pandemic. It affected all of our lives. So, number one, you want to change your your mindset and stop making sales calls and make help calls. You want to help people get out of the pandemic and get them to where their normal is. So, what it's going to do is start taking interest in people. Ask them, you know, what they're trying to do. What are the biggest challenges in getting back to normal, and then. Find a way that you can link what you offer to those challenges. Now, what the pandemic did for all of us, Nikki, is it made us think about our, our end game. You know, I had those back surgeries after my uh, presidency and lost a lot of money with it also. So I thought, yeah, I'm 62 at the time. I'll travel to I'm 70, do all these speeches, and then I'll take it easy and go to Florida. But when the pandemic came, we all realized, well, wait a minute, remote's pretty good. And you know, now the whole world's remote, so they'll do remote work with you. And also the fact of the matter is, is that why do I have to wait till I'm 70? I don't know how much time I have left on this earth. None of us do. So it made me rethink what I am going to do. And I decided to move to Florida earlier. And I was supposed to move in October, but unfortunately my Florida valve got in the way. And I had to have that replaced, but I'm still gonna move at the end of August. The point that I'm making here, Nikki, is everybody's end game has changed from the pandemic. So no matter how much you think you know people, ask them, what's different with you? Have you changed anything based on the pandemic? Has it changed your thinking? What are the challenges you're having right now? And the pandemic has created a whole slew of new challenges for people, like for leaders, you know, in corporations. A lot of employees don't want to come back to work physically. They want to do it remotely. They do. You know, so how are they going to get people to come back if that's what they need? How are they going to get people to be more uh, as effective if not more? So the pandemic has created a whole host of new challenges. You want to find out what the particular challenges are for the people you're trying to influence. Help them, solve them. And when you do that, you will get more in return than you ever thought was possible. Yeah, I agree with you.
1: Uh, I think that... The world has changed. There's a lot of employees who don't want to come back. A lot of leaders are going to need to grapple with that. They're not going to be able to force people to come back. They're going to need to find ways to meet people where they're at. So what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I really, really like how you said that people aren't looking for sales calls today, they're looking for help calls. I think Mm -hmm. that's brilliant. I've never heard anybody put it quite that way before. But I'm going to steal that with pride. I'll give you credit. But I absolutely think that's something that everybody needs to start reframing how they look at the conversations they have with
0: their clients. Because and, it, and, that lead, and that leads to one other thing. So you can use it, obviously. And I started zeroing in on it at the time the pandemic started, but I decided to use it forever because that is really what a salesperson should be doing or a leader, helping people get to where they need to be. And that's when people will follow you. So absolutely. And what we talk about in the book, there's one trait When my clients are calling me up and we're assessing candidates and they're saying, hey, I need a new manager. I need a new salesperson. One of the top traits we look for in any new hire into a leadership position and or sales position is the trait of empathy. If you don't have a high enough score in empathy, then you will not be making help calls because it will be all about you and you don't really care about others. Only when you have empathy will you ask better questions about where people are going because it's a natural sense of um, discovery you're going to have inside of you. So one thing that we have to hone better is that trait of empathy. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. You know, people today are looking for help. They're not
0: looking to be sold. They're interested in buying, but they're looking for help. And if you're offering help, I think it's going to go a long way. Yeah. You're right. When I uh, when I give speeches, when we did it in person, I'd say, Hey, how many of you can't wait till that next salesperson bores you to death for features you don't need? Raise your hands. No hand goes up. But <laughs> then when I say, but you have to make an important decision and you don't know what to do. How many of you would value someone leading you through the process to make the right decision? All the hands go up. Yeah, it makes sense. That's what we're talking about. It makes sense.
1: You know, back in the days when it was possible to go into retail stores in Canada, because at the moment it really isn't, uh, although that's changing somewhat. I remember going into uh, some stores and there was there was a store I went into, a clothing store, and one guy came up to me and he says, hey, that's a really beautiful suit and you should buy it. It's gonna look really good on you. And I'm like, hey, dude, relax, relax. And, and I'm just looking, and then his buddy came over to me a few minutes later, and he just said, "Hey, sir, how are you doing?" I said, "Good." He says, "You need any help, or you just you just want to browse?" And I said, no, "No, no, I just want to browse right now." He said, "All right, so I'm here if you need me. My name's Marco, whatever." And so he walked away, but not too far out of earshot, right? So I was browsing, browsing, browsing. And I saw something I liked. I said, hey, Marco, come on over here. And he said, yes, sir. And I said, so tell me about this outfit. And you know, he started engaging me in conversation. He asked me questions. He asked me what I was interested in, why, blah, blah, blah. And within a few moments, it spent $2,000 on clothes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? and Exactly. The, 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 that's how it was. That, that guy helped me. The first guy was yeah, like, commission breath was just stinking up the joint. I could smell it. And, and oh my God, I got to get away from that guy with a stinking commission breath. Nobody likes commission breath. Everybody likes someone who wants to help and be of service.
0: So well right. said, man? Well, don't forget, we have a natural bias against anybody who comes and says, can I help you? And we know they're in sales our cortisol goes up immediately because we think they're trying to sell us something. Yeah. Something we don't want or need,
1: especially that's, that's really where it goes. Something we don't want or need something that's going to make them money, not going to help us. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. But, but what I'm saying also is they're not understanding that the moment they go up to you, they know they're automatically triggering you to have your cortisol go up because people have a natural tendency to protect themselves. So that person, that first salesperson was not acting like a leader. If he took the responsibility to manage your cortisol, he would do what that second person did, where he said, hey, you know, we're here to help you. If you find something, just let me know. And he got your cortisol down to the point where when you found something of interest, which of the two people did you call back to help you? Not the first one. You called the second one. You got it.
1: You got it. Bada bing, bada boom. That's the way to do it. (laughs) Bada bing. (laughs) Yes. You know, that's the way to do it. Because if people get that you care about them, you care more about getting them what they need, then they're going to want to do business with you. And if they think you're all about yourself and how much money you're going to make, they're not going to want to do business with you. Simple as that. And when they think like that, then they're not even listening to what you're saying. No, they're not. They're not. They don't care. No. Brilliantly said, man. Brilliantly said. So, you know, this, this concept of a help call versus a sales call, I've never heard anybody... Quite put it that way before. I think it's brilliant. I've heard sales as service. I've, I've used the term sales as service. I've used the term sales as an act of love, but no more sales calls, just help calls is really the right way to frame this. Ron Carman, really, really love what you're up to with this book. I'm excited to uh, to get my signed copy and to read it from from cover to cover because I like reading the old-fashioned way and uh, <laughs> I'm uh, also excited to uh, tell everybody about this so listener this is a fantastic book there's some really original thought leadership in there Ron Carr is the real deal this is a man who's been around doing what he does as a thought leader for quite some time and he's worth learning from so make sure you pick up a copy not just one for yourself pick up a copy for the people that you care about the most pick up a copy for your best clients, pick up a copy for the members of your team. So you should be buying a minimum five copies of this book so that you can give away a bunch as gifts to people who could benefit from it. So make sure you do that. I'll definitely be doing that. And I'm really excited to have the one and only Ron Carr come to our show to share his genius about this incredibly fantastic new piece of original thought leadership that he's put together The Velocity Mindset, How Leaders Eliminate Resistance, Gain Buy-In, and Achieve Better Results Faster. And the forward to his book has been written by another past guest to this podcast, the legendary Dr. Nito Kubain, the president of High Point University, and really one of the most uh, inspirational and successful entrepreneurs in American history. I highly recommend this book. I highly recommend that you engage with Ron Carr and the work that he does. So Ron, they can pick up this book, you know, on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all that stuff. But how do they find out more about you and the work that you do? Give us some of that information.
0: Sure. So my website is roncarr.com. That's R-O-N-K-A-R-R.com. And they can also go to velocitymindset.com, which will... You know they want to get the book, let's say, starting April 1 they, and not wait for Amazon to have it in May, they can get it before anybody at a 15% discount by going to velocitymindset.com.
1: Well, brother, that's awesome. Thank you so much. We'll make sure all that information is put in the show notes so that people can take advantage of this. So, listener, Roncar, the real deal. Pick up the book. Take advantage of all the resources that are available on roncar.com. Check out the velocity mindset.com if you want to get an early copy. I think all that's fantastic. And here's the other thing I want you to do I want you right now to go to our website, ecircleacademy.com. And I want you to take advantage of all the free resources that we have there for you. Here's the thing: if you're in business right now and 2020 wasn't your most banner year, and in fact, if maybe you you took a bit of a hit in terms of your revenues year over year, 2020 over 2019, and you really want to make 2021 a different year, I've got a whole bunch of incredible resources for you to take advantage of. First of all, I've got a, a report there called Six Steps to Growing Your Expert Business. So if you're a coach, if you're a consultant, your author, speaker, trainer, this this free report basically outlines a six-step process for you to be able to take all that incredible intellectual uh, property that you have, turn it into a commercializable uh, offering and take it out there and really take it to the next level and get yourself paid at a wonderful and beautiful level and help a lot more people with it. And if you already have a great offer, this will show you how you can take what you have and come up with a way to get it in front of the people who have the problem that you solve better than anybody and who need that problem solved right away, that acute problem, and and get them to be interested in hearing from you and have those help calls because they need you and they need your help. And the other thing is if you're not charging appropriately and you know it because almost everyone who's listening to this show You could be charging more. And I'm not saying you should be charging more because, hey, you know what? You're going to make more money, although absolutely you're going to make more money. You should be charging more because energetically, if you don't get what you should get from a client energetically, you won't give what you should give. You need to be charging what you're worth and you know you're undercharging, this report is gonna set you up so you charge what you're really worth and the energy exchange is right and therefore you get what you should get and the, you you give what you should give and the client will get what they should get. Make sure you take full advantage of this. It's absolutely free. And hey, once you've done that, if you ever just want to jump on a call, have a help call with me. We call this success call on my website. Go and click on the button that says book a success call, although I might change that to help call. Now that I've talked to Ron, I'm seriously thinking about that. <laughs> and... Make sure that you take the time to book that call. That call, again, is absolutely free. The only thing that we ask you to do is to fill out a short application form just to make sure that what you want to do with yourself and your life is, is a fit with what we're able to help you with. Is that fair? So you're not wasting your time. We're not wasting our time. As long as you do that, we'll offer you that call absolutely free, and we're not going to make it a sales call. It's absolutely going to be a help call. So make sure you take advantage of that, okay? Ron Carr, my friend, thank you so much for coming on the show. Now that you've come on once,
0: I'm definitely going to want to have you back in the future. So make sure that we set some time to do that. Okay, brother? It'll be my pleasure. And Nikki, thank you so much for what you're doing out there in the world. The world needs what you're doing. So thank you from the bottom of my heart.
1: Hey, man. God bless you. Thank you so much. You're a good man. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about the one and only Ron Carr and the incredible work that he does and his incredible new book, The Velocity Mindset. Go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com, either at that website or go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to Spotify. It's all in the show notes over there. And you can just go to roncarr.com and you can go to the You can just do that as well. And to take advantage of the resources that I just told you about, go to ecircleacademy.com. There's buttons there that you can click on. It's very easy to, to navigate and figure it out. And I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you do that. I'm looking forward to seeing you take advantage of the free report. I'm looking forward to seeing you take advantage of the free success slash help call. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by ecircleacademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.